Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 195. And today we're going to be discussing several things that an instructional coach can do to be strategic about summertime planning. What can we do to help our teachers get ready for the summer? What can we do to help our school districts get ready for the summer? What can we do to help our buildings get ready for the summer? And how do we get through this amazing summer that's going to be in front of us and get ourselves ready for, I know it's going to be hard to say this, getting ready for the next school year. We're also going to talk a little bit about an amazing conference coming up that we've been discussing recently. But before we get into all that, I want to bring on Sue Vincent. Sue, how are you today? Welcome back to Ask the Tech Coach. I am great. Good to um, have everyone out there listening as we approach the end of the month and the end of the school year as we record this we have five more days left in our school system that's not funny because as we record this i have 25 more days left of the school year oh i'm so sorry you people over there in the northeast (laughs) today was my last day oh my goodness Sue, we have a lot of great things going on today. We have two amazing guests I want to bring on today. Somebody new to the show, Miss Lisa Hockenberry. Lisa, how are you today? Welcome to the program. I'm good. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. I am so excited that you're here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm a digital learning coach in Frisco ISD. Um, This is my third year. Uh, I still kind of count it as my first year because I joined uh, the digital learning coach department uh, during COVID. So that was very interesting. Um, and I present, I've presented at uh, Teach with Tech for uh, two years. I'm presenting at Elementary Tech Conference last year and this year. And I'm super excited. I'm presenting on coaching this year at, Ele- at the Elementary Tech Conference this summer that is in Galveston. So I'm doing it during my vacation time, which is, you know, a two for one. Nice. Yeah. Welcome to the show. I know you and I had got a chance to catch up over on our Instructional Coaches Network on Facebook. Do you have a chance to uh, to network with a lot of coaches that are local to you in your area? Yeah, luckily, too, we have um, every campus has three coaches. We have a, an instructional coach, a language coach, and a digital learning coach. So um, we actually just met, some of us all just met up talking about how can we get some more networking happening like within our district. So we've talked about all the uh, coaches meeting up for one like big meeting throughout the year. Um, and then just kind of because I'm on two campuses, I have two sets of coaches. So that definitely is helpful to network and see how you know see different perspectives of coaching nice welcome to the show we also want to bring on today somebody returning to our program dr ashley mcbride ashley how are you today welcome back to ask the tech coach i'm doing well i'm very happy to be here i am so excited to have you on the program i'm also more excited to see you in a few weeks at ISTE. uh for those who are unfamiliar tell us a little bit about yourself 
Um, I'm Ashley McBride. I am currently the Digital Learning Initiative Consultant uh, for the state of North Carolina, which just means I am in charge of our digital learning plan and making sure we're implementing it across the state. Um, so I get to support school districts all across North Carolina. Um, I'm also an author, an ISTE author. Um, I wrote the EdTech Coaching Primer. Um, former EdTech coach turned into tech director, turned into my current job. So um, I think that was the short and sweet of it. It's so great to have everybody on. And Sue, you and I were talking before the recording happened. Uh, we're going to ISTE this year. I'm so yes, excited about this. I am so excited. I don't think I've been to ISTE since 2017 or so. This, I can't wait. It was right before I switched school districts. So I haven't been since I've been in my newest school district the last four years. And Ashley, you're going to be at ISTE also, aren't you? I am. I am. I've got a few presentations um, and uh, going to be all around there. So I'm really excited to see people. What are you looking forward to? Um, I'm looking forward to the leadership retreat. Uh, I'm also looking forward. I'm just looking forward to seeing people again in a big <laughs> like face to face <laughs> and just being able to talk to people and meet people in a room that you know, I, I made some really good connections when I went to ISTE. I think it was also 2017. So, Susan, I think I'm right there with you last time I went. Um, it is interesting. Friends. You know, a couple of years ago, we, we always used to make the joke of you're actually seeing those Twitter squares move around. And now in 2022, it's like you're seeing the StreamYard squares move around and things like that. So I'm looking forward to this. Lisa, I, I, I didn't ask earlier, are you uh, attending the conference virtually, physically at all? No, but I'm really jealous. <laughs> I really wish I was because I know I'm going to miss out on a lot of really cool learning. Well, let's talk a little bit about this because last week we put out an amazing show all about ISTE. We actually played a clip that uh, of an interview that I did with ISTE CEO Richard Collada uh, from a brand new podcast I'm starting with the ISTE Community Leaders Group called The Edge. And all about ISTE. ISTE conference this year is going to be in New Orleans. It's going to be from June 26th to the 29th. I believe I got those dates right. And if you are able to make it on there, there's so many great things that you can do. And if you can't, you can also attend virtually. But even if you can't attend virtually, there's a lot of great things you can do. You can follow the hashtag ISTE chat, ISTE 22, ISTE live 22, probably ISTE 20,022. Um, so many different ways to do that. Ashley, um, you've got a couple uh, presentations down there, don't you? I do. I do. Um, I've got one on ed tech coaching cycles and one for coaching for creativity. And what can we expect when we go to those? Because I am looking forward to, to uh, checking those out. So the EdTech coaching cycles, people are going to be able to come in and they're going to be able to build their own handbook for going step by step through coaching cycles. So they're going to have the documents that they need in order to just move forward and, and get into it. So, nice. um, And then coaching for creativity goes into um, – some of the things and like I'm, I'm kind of a nerd with like brain science and things like that. And how do we really get teachers, especially post pandemic, um, to kind of be able to feel like they can break out and try something new. Um, so that's that's kind of what that one is about. And do you remember when those sessions are? Um, let's see. Sunday, June. Not Sunday. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, 
Wednesday, June 29th at 9.30 a.m. is the oh, coaching cycle one. I can do and that. And then Wednesday, June 29th at 1 p.m. is the uh, coaching for creativity. One of the things that I've been looking at this year is how do I create effective professional development for other coaches. Lisa, you said that you're starting to uh, put together your presentations for elementary coaches. What goes into that prep? What do you think about? I know for me, the hardest thing anybody can ask is what topic would you like to present on? How do you come up with these topics? What can, you know, what does a, a Lisa session look like? Um, well, the coaching session I've been putting together is about questioning and questioning and coaching to really um, give the teachers the voice in it and knowing where they want to head. So the idea was kind of to give the questions, um, like I was reading uh, coaching habits and they have given you so, such good questions. So kind of bringing those questions up, going through them, talking about how they elicit certain answers. And so using those and then letting the coaches in the room practice, really having them do the work, kind of like, okay, here's some questions. Here's a scenario. Let's practice through what that would look like. Um, and so it's very much a work in progress, but I presented part of it at another PD earlier this year. And I got amazing feedback from coaches saying they really enjoyed the practice part of it. So I want to keep that part and, bring that up more and having the coaches really just be able to practice that and get a little bit better at the, the questioning. Ashley, what about yourself? What can we expect from an Ashley session at an ISTE conference? Um, I like to make sure that you physically have something that you're going to be able to implement immediately. It sounds like Lisa is as well um, with her questioning. Um, but just to have something in your hand when you walk out that you can um, use and adjust and it's kind of a I love myself some creative commons mm -hmm. where you can take something and you can adjust it to fit your needs so um, that's what you can look forward to is is you'll have something to walk away with so what about yourself I know you've been doing a lot of conferences you had the Kisti conference you you know you, you you're always out there presenting to your teachers and coaches what do you try to do when you're putting sessions together well, lately, I guess my big thing has been more organization and working smarter and not harder as a coach. And then, of course, relaying that off to our teachers um, who we work with. So just kind of the whole product productivity and organizational thing as a coach. I've been working on that the last few days myself. And just um, I've got a video out on my YouTube channel about just digital house cleaning at the end of the school year. So those types of things have kind of been my interest in motivating coaches to stay organized and keeping themselves on the right track and then relaying that to their teachers. You know, there's so many different types of presentations, sessions and stuff at ISTE. There's your your keynotes. There's your long form presentations. There's your, your tables where somebody sits there with like a poster board or something. Um, and then there's a session that I'm going to be excited to do, which is going to be on Tuesday between three and five. We're doing an ISTE playground session and I'm going to be doing a two hour uh, table session, I guess you might call it, showing off, you know, how students can use their voice, share their voice through audio and video podcasts my question to you is it's easy for me to put together a two-hour hands-on workshop or you know i got you i have your attention we're going to build something i love what you guys are saying of let them walk away my question to you here is since i have you as a captive audience how do you 
survive or how do you create a great playground session where you might see Ashley walk by, you might see Ashley stop by a table for five minutes and you might have like a 20 minute conversation. What does a, a table presentation look like at ISTE? For me, go ahead, Ashley, please. (laughs) The best ones I've actually seen are the ones um, that there's, there's something going and people can come up and they naturally ask questions Um, or there's something interesting sitting at the table. Now, uh, nothing against, I I love what you're doing, but I love student ones even more. Like I love to get in there and start talking to students. So um, because they always bring their little trinkets. I had one who um, I walked by and they had this little 3d statue that they printed. And when I started talking to them, they were like, oh, no, we built the 3D printer, and then we start. And it was just really cool. And then they let me take home one of their little 3D statues. And um, so something that they can, that, like, captures the eye and then leads into some questions. I think the presenter, too, like, being really engaging and kind of high energy to get that those people drawn in. I agree. If you're going to sit there and pass somebody, you, got, you know, you are that – car salesman i hate that term but you know you are sitting there bringing in things you're having those conversations you're engaging people i know for what mm-hmm. i'm looking at doing you know i've already started working on the teacher cast website page with all the blog posts and all the you know videos and whatnot i'm going to be showing off a ton of things i've done with my students over the last couple of years and i definitely want to do some kind of a qr code to you know either like an, an email newsletter blast or something that says okay by the time you get home this is going to be in your inbox with as you were saying, Ashley, everything step by step for, you know, how to make a podcast, how to make a video application recommendations, all of that stuff. And if you're out there listening, let me do a shameless plug for our Kentucky Student Technology Leadership Program students. They'll be there presenting. I'm not sure which day, but if you're going to be at ISTE, check out those awesome students. If you're going to ISTE, don't forget to uh, you know like and subscribe everything that we're doing here. We are going to be doing some kind of podcasting out there. I'm going to try to get some kind of coaching event going on there. we got a lot of stuff going, but start hitting those hashtags between ISTE, ISTE 22, ISTE 2022, ISTE Live 20, all of that wonderful stuff, and see where we can go to uh, catch up while we're down in New Orleans. The other thing I'm interested in knowing from us today is, what does the end of the year look like? What should we be doing? What should we look be looking at from a strategic point? Ashley, this is one of those things that you mentioned in your book. Take a little bit of time here to tell us a little bit about uh, the book you released with ISTE and why was this chapter a big part of it? So um, I talk, I think, I don't even remember which number chapter it is now, but um, I talk a lot about making sure that you're strategically planning um, professional learning for the the following year. So this would be a good thing to be doing kind of um, as you're over the summer. Uh, You know what you want the teachers to be doing at the end. So you know what the vision is for teaching and learning for your school. And then you are sitting down and you're backwards mapping. What are the skills and the things for me to work on um, building the professional learning um, to lead them to that, but also really 
strategically thinking, how am I going to put coaching cycles and pieces around that? So um, it's really important that you have that shared vision across the school of this is what we want learning to look like in our school, Um, whether it's personalized or uh, whatever you call it or whatever it looks like, Um, and really kind of thinking, okay, where are the gaps? So you might need to gather some data um, or if you're if you're a coach in your school right now, you know what your teachers know and you know what they what they need support in. So really thinking about where those gaps are, how do I get to that end goal and really backwards mapping that for your year? How do we start that process? I believe it first you got to talk to your administrators, make sure they're on board, because if they're not going to give you time to work with your teachers um, on a regular schedule, uh, then um, you're going to have to figure out what that looks like, uh, maybe through PLCs or something like that. Um, But just looking, and I apologize for the dog, um, just looking at first where everybody is, um, and then you are going to, uh, again, make sure that you and your leadership in the school are all on board. So what I love about where Lisa works is you were saying that you have a team of coaches, correct? Yep. So if you guys, I mean, if you guys can sit down and say, this is what we want at the end, here are all of the gaps. If we tackle, maybe this PLC needs to focus on this thing so we can, we can strategically plan Mm -hmm. them uh, to do these things. Um, And then you might have another PLC that needs to work on some other things just to get them all to that goal. So you can really personalize um, that professional learning and that coaching throughout the entirety of the school year. Um, And then one other piece is um, what I did when I was an ed tech coach was I actually wrote the goals, like, so the PDP goals or the the goals that they would be working on for the next year. Um, I wrote common goals if they were in the same PLC and they were all working on that. I would write the timeline and everything and then sit down with them and have conversations with the teachers about how they can tweak it. So then we're all kind of moving in a similar direction, but everybody's still getting what they need. You had mentioned making sure that your principal is on board with all of this stuff. One of the reasons why we do this show and one of the reasons why we put together our instructional coaches network, both on Facebook and LinkedIn is because so many coaches don't have that support. What do you do if you're in that situation where you're trying to build a program, you're trying to come up with goals, you're trying to help your teachers, you're trying to put that oar in the water, but you just don't have that support. And this is for anybody. But hmm. I think that can be really super tricky. Um, I think you, his, not having your principal support can look really different. Um, it could be maybe they just let you do whatever you want, but they're not really supporting you so that teachers aren't really sure if they can work with you because you don't have that support or it can be they just don't think your role is that important. So they don't utilize you in the correct way that you can be utilized. Um, So I think as a digital learning coach, sometimes we have principals that don't understand our role. Um, And so sometimes we're treated kind of like an instructional coach, or sometimes we're just treated as tech help. And so it can be really tricky to navigate that. Um, You know, you can have a principal, like I said, that doesn't understand your role. So 
you just, I don't know, like I kind of just have always jumped in with teachers and just constantly being present and just kind of trying to um, maneuver as much as I can and trying to tell the principal what's happening. Um, I don't know. It can be really tricky. I don't know if I've navigated that the best. So I had a principal who didn't really know what to do with me when I was an ITF and I'll be, I'll be, and we call them ITFs, uh, instructional technology facilitators. Um, and one thing that I did was my second year, I didn't know what to do with myself the first year either. <laughs> and I don't operate very well like that. So I had to kind of build something out. And so I actually sat down and at my end of the year evaluation, I had written out, I had gone in and looked at information that I had collected throughout the year looked at where I felt like our school was trying to go um, and then really sort of mapped out here is the plan of what I want to do. And I had the whole thing just, just there for her. And what I found was when I put that in front of her, it was easier for her to kind of see what I was trying to do. And then also she could give suggestions. So like that P helping the BP line with had built our idea. So she um, stopped me and said, well, what if you did this? And let's start with just this group. And, and because I was still expected to do some, you know, computer uh, check-in, check-out things. And well, it wasn't really check-in, check-out. We were still using carts back then. So, um, <laughs> but I was still expected to do a lot of those other pieces. Um, and then I was able to kind of find my first, my first followers, the people who were really excited about the, the uh, support that I was giving them through the professional development and through the coaching cycles. Um, and then I had more and more people the following year mm -hmm. who were just like, let's go. So then it kind of mm -hmm. pushed me more into that instructional mm -hmm. piece. I love the concept of making these goals and in a perfect situation, no, you're making these goals with the support of, with the recommendations of your principal, as we mentioned. I would assume also, and you know, Ashley just mentioned, you know, those first followers, I call them the generals of the school, those 13% or so, if you're looking at the inclusion curve. Where do you get these concepts from? Does this come from the ISTE standards? Does this come from your school strategic plan? Some of the above, all of the above? Where do you get these goals from? I think it depends on where you are, because I think Lisa's answer would be different than mine. Um, some schools and some states have adopted the ISTE standards for teachers and the ISTE standards for mm -hmm. students. In the state of North Carolina, we have the digital learning competencies, which are uh, ISTE adjacent, <laughs> but they are not the ISTE standards. So we, we focus on the digital learning competencies and um, looking at their teacher evaluation standards. And I'm sure Lisa would have a very different answer because she's in a different state. We definitely, we have um, in, in Frisco, because Frisco loves to do their own, own way, which I love, but uh, they have um, created a CBAS um, which is our community-based assessment system. And so it's very much future-ready based. And so each campus kind of goes through and assesses themselves on where they are in their goals and then creates goals based around those um, components of the future-ready and where, they are, where they're at. So 
we definitely like each of my campuses had two. we had each campus had different goals completely in different directions that they were heading. So sometimes that's tricky too, is when the campuses are heading in completely different um, areas. And so you have to kind of constantly adjust when you're on that campus of figuring out how to navigate and which way you want to head with the teachers. So what about yourself? I mean, I know you're at the end of the year. Did you have conversations? Are you planning to have conversations with leadership? Uh, Yes. I mean, thankfully, I'm in a very supportive situation where I'm part of the curriculum and the planning team, and I'm at the table for these conversations for our private school system. But then several of my colleagues out in the public school system, they go through similar things that Ashley and Lisa talked about. So, you know, there's various ways. So at my school, yes, we have ongoing conversation. Mm -hmm. I have regular meetings with my supervisor and the principals, my actually my coworker, um, who is the instructional coach for elementary, we have monthly meetings with each of our elementary principals at each of our buildings. And we talk about the initiatives and how we're gonna move forward in the area of curriculum and then how I can come and support in the area of instructional technology. You know, one of the questions that comes up a lot when I have a chance to work with coaches is, it's easy this time of year to say, Ashley, here's your goals or here's our goals. When you come back in August or September, what is that supposed to look like? Do we bring that out and rehash them? Do we have our first faculty meeting that says, these are the goals. Ashley is your coach. This is like, this is the roadmap. How do we make sure that the work we're doing today doesn't go unnoticed or forgotten about next year? I think you do revisit it, but also with an open mind, because, I mean, if you think about it, um, some of your teachers might be going to ISTE and they might come back and they might say, yeah, that like, can I adjust this, especially if you're doing it very personalized? Um, And then I, I, I always hesitate with whole group. If you're doing an entire faculty meeting or it's not going to have the impact. So um, it just depends on if you're doing very PLC driven. Um, And this is something I kind of talk about in the book when planning professional learning. Are you doing it very individualized? Are you doing it with a PLC so that the PLC is doing it together and it's driven by their needs as a, as a small group? Or are you doing some sort of choice-based hybrid where you might have, um, I did my stuff after school and they were allowed to choose which one of the four groups they were in. And the four groups were dependent upon um, at the time, the digital learning competencies, because they had just come out in the state of North Carolina. Um, and so they got to choose a pathway and they stuck with that small group for the whole year. Um, so I really think that the way you approach the conversation, um, and I feel like I've said this on every question you've asked, is very personalized according to what the needs of your teachers are and the needs of how you have it set up. And I think that's important, right? And and that's very difficult for a new coach or somebody new to the district is knowing how to make that personalized, knowing where your boundaries are. So the question, of course, then is how do you figure out what those boundaries are? How do you know when to step? I mean, I I think everybody here has said they work in buildings with multiple coaches, which means teachers are having multiple layers of support. How do we best keep this, you know, digital learning strategic 
concept moving forward. But, you know, math scores come before learning Google Slides sometimes. I know on my campus with the three coaches, we kind of, we all have our roles, but we also kind of talk about how we kind of blur lines a lot. So um, I make sure I'm just as knowledgeable in the math data in what's happening in, in the class with math so that if there's something I can bring in that could help support the math teacher or in hitting their data, bringing their data up, um, then I'm, I know how to bring that in because I'm very well aware of the content they're doing and where they are as a teacher and where their students are. So um, I'm very much involved in, we have, um, we have two um, planning times for teachers and we call one of them is like our power hour. It's our collaborative planning time. It's kind of the extra one where we do look at data and we look at what they're what, how the kids are performing and all three coaches are present in that meeting. So we all very much make sure that we're part of the discussion. And it, so that's where the lines kind of blur. Um, but it helps me be able to find an in, entry point with teachers when I know what's kind of going on in the classrooms, it, even though math isn't maybe what I would instructionally as a coach come in. I can help with that though. So what's your advice to any coach that's ending off the year? you know, have those conversations, you know, a few episodes ago, we talked about like those conversations that need to have at the end of the year, do your best to have those conversations and um, continue, you know, thinking about how you can develop those relationships with the teachers as they come back, you know, stay in touch, send out an email, you know, I'm a 12 month employee. So, you know, I kind of do this kind of thing. Um, send out an email in the summer, just check in with your teachers. Now, whether they answer or not, I certainly don't blame them if they do not answer. I hope they're sitting on the beach somewhere, but, um, you know, do, do your part in just checking in, you know, um, get a gauge of how they're doing, how they're feeling, you know, are they nervous? Are they excited? Have they gotten some rest? One of the things that I've been doing over the last few weeks is putting together some kind of a vertical alignment for my coach. I'm, in, I'm, I'm an elementary coach right now. I know where the kids are going to go in middle school. They're going into a school I used to work in that does a lot of audio, does a lot of video broadcasting. I mean, I created their live program. Now I'm basically the feeder school. Because of that, I've spent all year working with my students on things like slides, Google Sites, we video, um, podcasting, because if I'm thinking in fourth dimensions, by the time those third graders get up to middle school, they should know how to do these skills really well, which will only then support the program that I have going up in the middle school area. So one of the things I'm working on right now is taking all the different lessons that I've done in third grade, putting them into fourth grade, figuring out fifth grade, realizing that I'm teaching similar lessons. I'm just amping up the skills for each. Now, again, this is my first year. So everybody's getting similar style lessons. And as we go through the next couple of years, I'll differentiate more, but at least having some kind of a plan so that way, when I do meet with the principal, I can say, look, here's my flow chart. This is my philosophy. This is where I'm going. Here's my goals. How can your goals fit into this? How can my goals fit into you? How do we work around that with the English teachers and coaches and stuff like that? So that way, when we do get back into the, into the 
fall time when we do have the school year, I can at least throw that into my intro deck. Here's the plan. Here's the process. Here are the things. If you come at me with, you know, I've got chapter one, chapter two, let's focus on these, these simple things. A lot of teachers right now are starting to find me and say, oh, that's a great lesson. Let's do that in September. And if we do that in September, then look at where we're going to be in May, in June. So I'm really excited about putting these plans together. I'm really excited to put these things um, in place over the summertime and start the next school year. I want to know where you guys are. Um, if any of this interests you or if you have any thoughts on creating a strategic plan, please let us know. You can find us on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. Head on over to AskTheTechCoach.com. Join our Instructional Coaches Network. We almost have 500 instructional coaches over on our Facebook group and would love to have you guys be a part of that. We're, of course, looking at doing something wonderful at ISTE and we're going to be planning some live events throughout the summer we would love to have you be there my question to you Lisa Ashley and of course Sue is what are your summer plans are you looking at more professional development are you looking at just taking some time off what are you doing right now to get ready for the fall I know for myself I'm taking a few weeks off but you know I'm the kind of guy that starts to look at all the presentations that I've just done and I'm, I'm re-upping the presentations or I'm adding the new features of Google and Microsoft stuff. But Lisa, what, is, what does the summer look like for you as a coach professionally? Um, I'm actually really excited about this summer professionally just because I feel like this year I finally kind of found my footing, I feel like. So I've made some progress, thought some things through. And so I have some ideas that I'm going to be working on. I kind of I've had this idea I talked with my coaches about um, changing the concept of our newsletter. Our newsletter kind of turned into like a compliance piece. Here's all of what the dates and things that are due. And I just kind of envision the newsletter being more about learning and around learning. So we were talking about kind of uh, building a, you know, what I need survey, kind of what are the teachers wanting to know more about and building newsletters around that learning, but also kind of it culminates in a, PD for those teachers of what they're wanting. So it's kind of envisioning building a little bit of a year at a glance, kind of having some things mapped out, but, you know, obviously ready to change as the um, year changes, teachers needs change constantly. Um, but I'm really excited about kind of having a, a map and a guide to start the year and really know where we want to head. It's, I just feel like I've kind of got my footing. So I'm super excited to kind of, get that ball rolling. And then I'm actually changing campuses next year. So I have two new campuses next year. So I'm looking forward to kind of getting on board with them, looking at their data and kind of just seeing where they're at and making some ideas and plans to set down. And, uh, and then I'm going to spend some time with my kiddos because my son is going to be a senior next year or this coming up year. And so I'm just kind of trying to soak up as much time as I can with him. Because uh, he's already committed to a college, so we already know where he's going, and so that just scares me. And <laughs> I would just want to spend a lot of time with him, so awesome. I'll be balancing both of those things. Curious, your newsletter? Uh, do you keep stats on it? Do you keep on it? Like, what platform? I, I love talking newsletters here. <laughs> well, we had a Google Doc at one of my campuses and Google Slide at another campus, so we could at least see. Um, the teachers opening them. So we knew we got about at least 20 teachers every time we sent out the newsletter that opened it, but we don't know how long they actually stayed on it and what they did. Um, 
So it, I'm wanting to change some of those kinds of things too. So we can see stats and get an idea of what, how long they're actually spending on it and what they're clicking on and what interests them. So you said that you're moving to two new campuses. Are you staying? I, I forget how many you said you have. Are you staying with one and then adding two more or what? I am actually dropping the two I have and getting two new ones. So, um, so you're basically like a new coach all over again. Yeah, pretty much. But I feel a lot better where I'm starting out now because I have, I feel like I really do have a, a better idea and better footing of where I'm, what my role really is. Nice. So I'm excited to join these two campuses. I've been in contact with them already several times. I've already went to one of them and collaborated at beginning of the year stuff already. So, which was just amazing. <laughs> Ashley, what does your world look like this summer? I know you get a chance to kind of sit uh, in a different seat than all of us here. What, uh, what do summer activities look like for you? Um, so, well, ISTE and then um, in the month of July, um, our team, uh, at the state level, the digital teaching and learning team, they put together this really awesome, it's like a mini ISTE. It's like a one day mini ISTE in each of our eight regions across the state. So then teachers can come and do professional learning um, and it's, it's actually near them. So uh, they don't have to travel nearly as far to be able to get to an ISTE or we have NC ties as well, which, um, so we get out there into those regions. So I'm gonna be traveling with work um, but we are finishing up, uh, we've spent the last year rewriting North Carolina's digital learning plan. So we take that to the board in August. So just trying to get that, all the touch-ups and make it look good and, and ready to present to the state board. So then we can start rolling with a brand new digital learning plan for the state. So yeah, it is very different. I'm sitting here listening to Lisa and Susan talk about their schools, and I am missing being in a school with my teachers so much. <laughs> I like what I do. Don't get me wrong, but I do miss being in a school. Well, good luck putting together a state plan. I would love to have you come back on and share that story of how does it go from, you know, you sitting in the war room, you presenting it, you approving it, and then I guess the next step is every school district now has to learn it, adopt it, create it and stick it in the classrooms. Right. Like that's 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 your future now. Right. Something like that. Yeah. So I think my fall is going to very much be going all over the state and talking to people and helping them to understand what it what's in it and, you know, kind of what our new goals are for the state and things like that. So um, I would love to come back and have that conversation with you. Anytime. And there's plenty more chapters in the book to discuss as well. So please come back on. Now, Sue, before I start talking about my vacation, uh, you're a 12-monther, so you're going to be in school every day. What are you looking forward to this summer? Yeah, we're um, actually tweaking our new teacher technology orientation just a little bit. And nice. now that we can kind of have some after-school face-to-face trainings again and um, things are opened up. We're, we're excited about that. So we're tweaking those things. And then um, a, another project I'm excited about, I've been doing some research on just um, elementary robotics type initiatives and kind of researching Lego for education and those things. So I'm learning some about that. And then yet another project is I am excited to have been elected to the KISTI, the Kentucky Society for Technology and Education um, Board for um, the upcoming school year. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> there you go. 
I will. Um, I served on the board from 2011 to 2017. I was president of KISTE one year, and uh, I rolled off the board and I got reelected this year. So I start this summer as the communications officer for KISTE. So I'm very excited about that. So I'll be kind of working with that team at the ISTE conference as we start collaborating with our new board and uh, getting some initiatives ready for that for the new year for KISTE. That is awesome. Congratulations. We are all excited about that. And, you know, the other thing I'm excited about is seeing everybody at ISTE. Uh, don't forget, there's a brand new podcast out to listen to. If you're new to ISTE, if you're going down for the first time, or even if you're doing it visually, uh, virtually, it's called The Edge. And you can check it out on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all of those great places you can check it out. Or, of course, you can head on over to TeacherCast. We're going to be linking to each and every one. The first episode's already out featuring a great interview between myself and Richard Collado called what is isti episode two is going to be dropping today in fact the day that this thing sh that, that this episode airs on the 30th uh that's going to be talking all about isti new orleans for those who are going down and then june 15th we're going to be dropping episode number three talking about all the great things that isti is doing virtually so no matter what you're looking at professionally this year with isti that podcast and teacher cast and ask the tech coach podcast has you guys covered lisa thank you so much for coming on the show today please invite yourself back where can somebody find all about uh find all the information about uh where you are these days uh on twitter at techie coach 303 nice and uh ashley where do we get a hold of that amazing book of yours and where do we follow you on your socials um, so you can go, ISTE has it in their bookstore, or you can go to Amazon, and it's the EdTech Coaching Primer. Um, and uh, you can find me on social media at A plus EdTech, and plus is spelled out because they won't let you have the plus sign. <laughs> we'll have to talk to Elon about all that stuff when he comes on board. Sue, techimaginations.net, what can we expect this summer? Yes, working on some videos now, getting ready to record um, in the coming days. Um, lots of new stuff with the smart chips and Google Docs. So I'm excited to talk about the email drafts and the drop down menus and recording some tutorials about that. And just lots of other videos coming from Tech Imaginations. You know what? I, I think I saw this from you. Have you tried the people chips yet in Google Slides? Yes. I showed some coaches today how to do that, and they were just amazed. Yeah, and it's, it's not it. its not there yet. My only, you know, this is off topic, but I wish when you dropped down for the people chip, it had a button that says copy email address, because mm -hmm. we were, anyway, long story. But the people chip is a great thing to show yeah. off. It's those little things that you can do. It's, it's how you can start off an ISTE conference, I guess. Um, lots of great stuff happening over at AskTheTechCoach.com. Please don't forget to check that stuff out. Head on over to our instructional coaches group over on Facebook. We also have a professional one over on LinkedIn as well. Would love to have you guys join that stuff. And on behalf of Lisa, Ashley, Sue, and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.